Once again, you've joined us with our, our regular guests. We've got myself, Dodsey and Walker here. Hello. This week, we're going to be talking about mental health, given that it's it's November. And we think that you're going you're gonna to like this one as a sort of bit of something different. So basically, boys, how, how have you been? Do you want an honest answer or do you want the, the official or non-official answer? <laughs> that good. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whether have you ever seen that? The, the knife crime documentary that Jermaine Genus did with BBC Three. I, I know of it. Did someone, did he ask someone if he had a knife and he said, officially, no, unofficially, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> I mean, one he does, but the bit I was thinking of when you said, uh, when you said you want the honest answer done to, was there's, there's a scene where the, the guy who Jermaine Genus is talking to is like, it's kill or be killed out here, man. And Jermaine Genus is this, wonderfully well-spoken very educated guy replies with really fam it's that deep yet it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> nah i've been i've been all right just getting through you know it's just it just feels like a bit of a tough time at the minute covid and all that just stuff going on you know i think it's a it's one of those weird ones as well because you're coming towards the end of the year and we're all still very much in the the state of mind where you, you like you look forward to the Christmas holidays when you've been at school or at uni, and with us all having having graduated that. To be honest, it's always this time of year where it's just like, like I know I know like they say in the in the news like it's like January time when everyone starts feeling crap after the holidays and stuff like that. Like they make a big thing of it of like a certain day being like, oh, this is the most depressing day of the year. I think it's because it goes dark earlier though, isn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, it's seven o'clock now and it is pitch black outside. All you can see is my prematurely erected Christmas lights. Too early. It's not too early. Walker, when's the most appropriate time to put up Christmas lights? Um, 20th of December. The 20th of December? Yeah. Like last week of November. Got to be second half of November. Got to be second half of November. Well, it technically is the second half of November as of tomorrow. To be fair, my Christmas lights have been up since the beginning of November. Oh, <laughs> get a lie. Get a lie. You're turning, Hilton. I don't even know you anymore. Well, that's what Lucy wanted. She, uh, she wanted to get some Christmas lights up, spread some festive cheer. I'm pretty confident I can hear Michael Bublé in the background now anyway, so... He's come out of hibernation, has he? Kill me. He has him and Mariah Carey come out of their shared residence cave. Is that you seen that that meme where it's like it's happening and there's that Google graph of like when Mariah Carey searched and it just shows the peak each each Christmas and it's like it must have been like last month and it's just starting to go up like it's like just curved up a little bit and it's like just it's just like a precursor of what's gonna come. The thing is, I actually don't I don't even think Mariah Carey's all that good. Come and give us your unpopular opinion. Something up till now that you've been scared to say. Mariah Carey's not good. I'm not saying Mariah Carey's not good. I'm just saying she's not that good. It's like it's when something's when something's played so much, I just dislike it. I I, I can have songs ruined for me by by them being overplayed. She's a good singer though. You yeah. can't you can't deny that. Yeah, she's a very good singer. I wouldn't deny that at all. She's certainly better than, I don't know. She's better than me. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pull off that falsetto. She's not got as good a fitness account as you, though. Have you started it yet? or is it... No, I've not. Come in. Because I've accidentally ordered it at KFC for two people when it's just me today. So Oof. it wouldn't give, wouldn't start off the right foot, that would it? Naughty. It's accidental in, in sort of air quotes there. Accidentally, in the fact that it cost twenty pounds. If it wasn't for the fact that you have Apple Pay, I'd have said that that was bollocks. But at the same time, you can just pay for something and think it's peanuts when you're on Apple Pay. You don't you don't process it. I was waiting to put my card details in. That's normally where you give it a second thought. Just for the listeners, Alex, what were your card deals? <laughs> huh? What are my card details? Yeah, I just want the uh, the long number on the front, the expiration date, and the uh, 
the, the three little the numbers, the three little numbers on the back as well. And then the first and third digit of your pin. Sorry, that's the second and fourth. I'll give you ten thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and what what was your mother's maiden name, just in case? They <laughs> <laughs> so just might ask it. <laughs> oh dear me. Oh, that that that's reminded me of a uh, rattled you. Well, <laughs> sort of, but my my brain my brains merged two things together with us having spoken about Christmas stuff, and then uh, also about bank details. I've I've just randomly thought of a Russell Howard joke that he, that he had, um, and basically he was saying that I think it was his his mum or his sister, someone uh, set the the memorable question being. Uh, for retrieving bank details is why am I dreaming of a white Christmas? And their answer was because because uh, because you're a racist. And so the person <laughs> at the other end of the phone would always have to say yes, and they'd be like, no, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was grand. I don't know why I thought of that, but um, that's how my skull works, everybody. No, I find those those questions like. Like I find some of them like really obscure. Like some of them, some of them are like, well, what if I put this put this in wrong and I'm not going to remember the answer? You know. I do that all the time. I I like put a memorable question, completely forget it because it obviously wasn't that memorable. On my bank, it's the dad's middle name, and I got that one to a T. To be fair. And uh, what is your dad's the dad's middle name while we're at it? It's Joe. Joe Mama. Joe Mama. <laughs> You was coming. That's you hurt my ears. That scream that you did then. Fucking hell. And uh, I, I was going to ask, is my mic too loud? No, I just have my my phone on full. I need to turn it down. It makes a nice change from from last night when we literally couldn't hear a word you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Last night, the three of us had a a, a video a video conference, and uh, we just couldn't hear Dodsey. And he, he he was desperately trying to get his, his mic to work, to no avail, which uh, probably wasn't helped by the fact that I then started hoovering. So <laughs> any chance of hearing him went firmly out the window. Yeah, Alex and I were trying to have a conversation while you were doing that, and there was like no chance of us actually like asking each other anything. Neither of you volunteered to help me with my housework. How, how were we meant to help? No moral support. We wouldn't be able to hear us over the sound of the Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, valid. But very, very fair point from you there. Send heart reacts in the chat instead. You could have done that. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. The fun times that we have together. Barrel laughs, mate. Barrel laughs. It's also probably worth saying that we, we intended to start recording this like an hour ago. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the, the state of world rugby, weren't we? And we just decided that we've all become armchair pundits. I'm definitely the sort of person that shouts at the television when the sport on. They can't, they can't hear you. It's like people who clap at the TV. They can't hear you. I mean, people who clap at the TV. I, I, everyone claps at the TV when they watch sport. Everyone celebrates. Pint of Stella in one hand, clapping with the other two remaining hands. What is this in Chernobyl? What? <laughs> <laughs> when Chernobyl, when Chernobyl FC scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> It's un- it's unfair because they've all got th- three four legs. I I think in absence of a segue, all all I can do is try and try and drag things back on track because we've had a a lovely little chit chat there to to reacquaint ourselves with with each other and to let all of you guys know what 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 we've been up to. I know it's it's only been yeah. a day. I mean, I know. Well, so it could have been a long day though. Could have been a long day. So I'll, I'll bring us back towards the, the charted course, which was we all decided that this week we want to talk about, about mental health. And I thought a useful part, well, I say I thought, we all thought a useful part of that would be to start by defining what mental health means to us. We're going to sort of state at, the, at the, the offset here that none of us actually know what we're talking about. We're in no way qualified professionals or qualified anything. I'm a qualified forklift driver. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Are you actually a qualified forklift driver? Yes, yes. Aside from Dodsey being a qualified forklift driver, none of us are qualified to talk about anything in this. So it's just our own views and experiences, our own opinions. Please take it with a pinch of salt. So if Dodsey tells you that the best way to deal with feeling sad is to go and take 
a fuckload of shrooms, don't listen to him. There are probably better ways of solving things. But well, there we go. well, yeah. well. <laughs> we'll come on to that later. <laughs> Me, oh my. Walker, let, let, let's, let's come to you because when we were introducing to ourselves before we went on record, you had quite an interesting idea about what mental health meant to you and that you didn't actually know what it meant to you. Well, yeah, I didn't really have much idea at all, let alone an interesting one. It ties in with the theme of our podcast because it's a mystery. Ooh, mental health is a conspiracy. <laughs> in what way? It doesn't exist or...? Yeah, it's just a lie. <laughs> um, it's a really difficult thing to define, I guess. If you think about what, what is good mental health, I suppose it's literally just feeling okay in yourself, feeling comfortable, feeling happy. Mm. But in terms of trying to define, well, what is mental health as a whole, it's, it's near enough impossible because it's personal to you. Mm-hmm. Health is subjective anyway, though, isn't it? Because if, if you were to compare one of us to a professional athlete, if we turned up for training at Manchester United, well, not them, they're shit. If we turned up for training at Liverpool... We're shit as well, mate. We are shit as well. They need centre back, left, right, and centre. They need some. Uh, they need some more players. So I mean, we could be, could be in for a shout. Jurgen Klopp, if you're listening, I'm tall enough to play centre back. You can't play football though. No, I can't. But I've got the height. <laughs> shit chat alone, I reckon I'm good enough. <laughs> but m- my point is to to get back to that. If we turned up, we'd be told we were we were unfit to play professional sport. But I personally think I'm I'm in fairly good nick. Fit for purpose. Well, exactly. I'm uh, I'm not fit to drive a forklift, but I'm fit enough to, to run a 5K or nearly nearly bench something respectable in the gym. Nearly. Just because mental health is is to do with to do with the brain rather than like more athletic attributes doesn't mean that it shouldn't be any less subjective. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess when I thought about mental health at the start, like before I I, I like read up on it and all that sort of stuff, it's I thought it was just like if you suffered like crippling depression, if you had PTSD or something like that, if you had like a mental issue or something like that, but it's, it's not really, it's all about feeling sad for a couple of days. It's all about like, if you're anxious, if you'll just keep being anxious, that doesn't, it doesn't mean you've got like a, a mental illness, but you need to just look after your mental state. If you're being like run out, run out at work or, you're finding schoolwork hard, you know, it's not, it's just like taking care of yourself mentally. Like, So would you say that it's fair to say that you perhaps thought at first mental health is one of those things that you only would really consider when you're struggling as opposed to this is something that is like, it exists all the time. There are varying Mm. degrees of it perhaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, being mentally ill is a lot different to just having a bad day or something like that. Mm. But mental health still comes into that like social situations like the last couple of weeks for example we've gone back into lockdown you might have a low couple of weeks going back into lockdown things things were looking up over the summer but they've gone straight back down but that's all about mental health as well it doesn't mean you're ill it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you it's just like taking care about your mental your mental state really and mental health can also mean positive things as well that the word the words are surrounded by negative connotations at the moment that not necessarily that that is a bad thing because it's about addressing when people have problems but at the same time i noticed that if i'm active or if i go if i go outside i noticed that having a positive impact on my on the way i feel as opposed to just not noticing a negative impact i mean it's all it all runs the same like if you're if you're striving for that healthy lifestyle if you're taking actions towards that like improving proving how you're feeling improving your body and what have you you're gonna you're gonna get there in the end i guess you have to it's just all about taking active steps sometimes you do walker would you say that you view mental health if somebody says those words initially negatively or positively like do you think that what comes to mind basically if if somebody mentions that as a topic because i know that when we decided we wanted to do this as a podcast it could seem like quite a daunting issue depending on how you on how you look Mm -hmm. at it I wouldn't say it's negative because it's obviously not negative to talk about mental health, but the initial feelings that you would get, they aren't intrinsically positive. That it's not, if someone goes, oh, I want to talk about my mental health, you're not thinking, 
oh, brilliant, they're going to tell me how happy they are. Yeah. Mm. It's generally, if someone says, I need to talk about my mental health, it's because they're not doing great. Yeah. As, as much as that, that is good. That is good that someone's reaching out, and I would recommend anyone to do that. I think we do need to actually focus on good feelings of mental health as well. And actually acknowledging that mental health is about feeling good as much as it is about feeling bad. And if you do yeah. feel great, acknowledge that you're feeling great and be proud of that, be happy with that, mm-hmm. rather than just dismissing that as normal. Yeah, so it's not it's not all about picking yourself up if you're feeling bad. It's all it's also about continuing feeling good when you know when you're when you're up there, you know? Yeah. Do either of you two have like go-to strategies? If you find that you hit a point where not necessarily are oh, you you're really struggling, but you think I'm having a bit of a crap a day here, or I don't I, I can't I feel like I'm in a bit of a rut. Perhaps that's the best way of putting it. Do you have go-to strategies that you think right? Okay, if I do that, I know that this is going to help me start going towards the right path again. My normal go-to, well, my normal go-to now would be get up outside do a bit of exercise mm. i know it's cliche but you don't you don't regret going for a run or doing a workout because you do feel better after it because you do have some pride in what you've just done well and you get sort of medical not medical chemical release afterwards as well yeah don't you? yeah mm. it's serotonin release and you start feeling a bit better but in the past my go-to would have been maybe i could nip the shop i could go buy this food this food this food mm. and you know what i could eat it all and that might make me feel better and it never did, but it was something to do, I guess. Yeah, it's all about distracting yourself, like because it's. It, I find it's quite easy to get caught up in thoughts in my own head. Like over the past yeah. month, over the past month or so, I've been very much in my head, being at being at home, being the situation that um. It's all about finding something. I found it something like to distract myself. So one of the one of the things that really. I quite like is just music like I didn't realize before I was feeling that bad like music can pick me up like really well even if I'm having a shit day and I just hear like a, a really good song I'm like oh shit like it doesn't even have to be a happy song like I've been like there are some sad songs which make me feel like shit but like some of the some of the some of the songs that have been making me happy recently aren't really about like happy things they're just like really nice pieces of music um and yeah just distracting yourself it's all about trying not to get overwhelmed by the thoughts that you're having yeah and if you if you are feeling quite overwhelmed i just it's like it's just good to have a bit of a release once in a while as well Hmm. so i mean it's not a sign of weakness to cry like i find it quite therapeutic like i've been doing it quite a lot recently i do feel a little bit better i think crying is a really interesting one as well because like like you said with yourself if you if you need to have a cry that can provide that release for you the sort of putting it aside and be like okay that that was a culmination of of emotion sort of but at the same time i'm not a crier at all like i can probably count on one hand instances where something has made me cry in the last what sort of six or seven years yeah yeah and i i recognize on on the one hand i've sort of been i've been lucky with my mental health generally in that I've not felt like I've struggled too much to points where it's been too much for me. Mm. But at the same time, I'm not a really very emotional guy. So if I'm having a crap day, I notice that either I go quiet or I get awkward. If people are talking to me, I, I like, I'm, I'm argumentative as it is, but I will, <laughs> I'll argue white is black and black is white. Mm. If I'm having a bit of a, a bit of a sort of off day, I suppose. But crying for me isn't even something that I think, oh, that will that will help me. It's not a tool that I would use. Mm. But and are you a cryer walker? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a crier. I can have a cry, you know, mm. and sometimes you do feel better. But if I'm going to cry about something, it's because I'm frustrated more than I'm upset. I'm a massive yeah. frustration crier. Like if I'm angry and I'm venting, then I might cry, and it's a bit embarrassing because, especially if you're trying to be angry at someone, and then you just sob, you lose all grounds there. But never mind. But I guess recently, when I became single, well, it's not even that recent now, but um, most recent breakup, I, I didn't cry at all. It was the most frustrating thing because 
I wanted to. I was getting a bit overwhelmed, getting a build-up of emotions, thinking, yeah, you know what, having a cry would be, would be brilliant. A few mates recommended sad music. Yeah, this will do it. You'll definitely cry now. Nothing. Mm. And I got frustrated that I wasn't crying, which was weird. So, no, not really a crier, not anymore. It's worth remembering, though, isn't it, that just because you don't cry doesn't mean that you're not feeling affected by something. That it's yeah. sort of... Mm-hmm. It's a visible sign for some people, but as well, crying isn't always because you're struggling. Like there are loads of people who cry at films, and it's just like, oh, it was just so beautiful. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a happy crier actually. Yeah, sometimes if I hear like back to music, if I hear something that's like unreal, just like so beautiful, I sometimes I'm sometimes get close to tears, but I don't I don't cry. I can't think of any like happy cryings I've ever had. I've had, I've had, I think it was more relief, relief crying. So I'd done A-levels, was waiting for my results, thinking, oh, I've not got to uni, I've, I did shit in my A-levels, I didn't try, blah de blah de blah um, I'd had a couple like rough years just before mm. then, and I was like, oh, well, whatever, I'm, I'm not going to get in. So I might as well just look at this and it'd be, it'd be crap and I'll deal with it. And then I opened up UCAS and I got in, and I think I was just, so shocked and so relieved I just burst into tears mm. and then same just as I'd got this job that I've got now um, I think I, I told you guys when I was applying for it there's no chance I've got this like yeah, I did yeah. these tests they went awful I wouldn't be surprised if I got shut down I was really nervous for my interview it was never going to happen and then they would be like oh yeah congratulations and I just I just cried again happy tears A lot. I've heard a lot of people say if, they, like, if they've cried and I've been around I've heard them apologise for not being a pretty crier. <laughs> no I'm one can like, be a pretty crier. No one can do it pretty. Completely agree. I've never, ever seen anyone cry and been like, hmm. oh, they look amazing. Wow. Well, like, <laughs> Which is probably a good thing because I feel like that's a bit of a nutty thing to do, to look at someone crying and think, oh, well, that's sick. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it seems to be... Like it's an it's another insecurity, isn't it? That you feel emotionally overwhelmed enough to be reduced to tears, and then imagine worrying about how you look when you're crying as well. Like, I think I I, I largely agree with with both of you actually. Music and exercise are now my big two. That that they're my go to off, often together. So, like, as anyone who will have ever seen my, frankly embarrassing for fitness page on Instagram. Oh, shameless plug, here we go. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to plug. <laughs> How many times? How many times? It's not the time. Link, link won't be in the description, but uh, <laughs> HH Fitness, if anyone's after it. Oh, oh man. He had Get to. out. He had to leave. But I, I really enjoy, if I've had a bit of a shitty day, I love going and training that out of me. But it's the same even if I feel a bit crap physically. Obviously now, if I felt ill, I wouldn't be going to the gym. Not that I can at the moment. I wouldn't be going straight down the gym mm. because I'm thinking twice about any sniffle you get. You think, mm, is that coronavirus? <laughs> so I'd be thinking twice about it. But like, if I'm hungover, for example, training really helps me feel better. I, I never want to do it before I go. And often like the first sort of 20 minutes of a session is just horrible. But then yeah. I feel amazing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like it just it sort it sorts me right out. Do you get that sense of accomplishment as well for actually dragging yourself out, even though you felt like shit? Yeah, like it, which it's, just makes you feel so much better. Because it's, I think that's the thing for me. It's not just about obviously when you when you go to the gym, you wanna you wanna lift heavy weights, you wanna do one more rep, you wanna run that mile faster yeah. or whatever your goal is. But there's equal accomplishments be taken from if you don't fancy going necessarily going and getting getting something done that yeah certainly the way i've always viewed that is if i went and could only do one exercise that's one more thing that i'd have done if i didn't go and so i'll happily take a positive out of that at the same time i was going to train today and just thought i really can't be doing with doing a body weight workout at home with no with no weights so I went for a walk instead. So Lucy and I went went out in the in the cold for a bit and went for a wander. It's very sometimes in those those moments when you're feeling 
like that, it can be quite hard to like make yourself go and do something. Mm. Like I've been there where I've just spent like like a day or so, more like most of the day in bed because I don't want to get up. I don't want to go anywhere because like it's just all a bit overwhelming. And I guess you just gotta. It will feel better if you get up, and but if you just stay in bed and just like waste the day away like that, no one's gonna give you shit for it. Like you just have to go along at your own pace, try and try and make yourself feel better at your own pace. And if you if you get up and I don't know, make some food and then go back to bed, that's like a success. If you get up and go for a walk, that's a success. A lot of people are like, well, I didn't do this, I didn't do this, and I didn't do this, so day wasted i've failed it's like well think about it a different way twist on his head what did you do Mm -hmm. you know anything you can celebrate that you did do even if it is like you said just getting out of bed making yourself some food you know you got straight back in bed afterwards yeah you got up and you did something i think i i completely agree with what you've both said that and i'm glad you've you've made that point dodzy about the Mm. fact that you don't have to you don't have to have done something that helps you normally like if you can't manage it sometimes you just need to take some time and that's all good because at the same time if you are just really really ill like you've got the worst cold in the world if you were to go into work you'd be so unproductive that you barely get anything done and then you might not be better by the next day because you pushed yourself too far Mm. and then you might not get anything done then whereas if you took one full day where you didn't do anything and you just you did you did sit on the sofa you had if like if ben and jerry's is is your thing you, you had you had yourself some ice cream you binged netflix or whatever and then the next day you're feeling a bit better because you've allowed yourself that that time to look after yourself mm-hmm. and the next day you're more productive and over the two the two days there you've averaged out of getting ahead of yourself so if you need time take time because you would you would if you were if you were physically unwell mm-hmm there was something else that I wanted to discuss with you boys. Actually, it occur- it's occurred to me since we've been recording and it, it, like, it initially came to me earlier in the day, but I forgot to mention it earlier, basically. I wanted to talk about how we view social media regarding mental health, because there's a massive push from some areas of, of the mainstream media at the moment to say that social social media is just generically really poor for your mental health. And I'm not sure I quite agree with that person. I think that it can be, but it, it, it can also be a, a sort of force for positivity. But I just, I thought I'd, I'd bring that into the equation, see whether mm-hmm. either of you two felt you'd had any, any experiences yourself or, or just opinions regarding whether you think social media is good or bad. It depends on the social media, what platform it is. Yeah. So if you count like Snapchat or Messenger as social media, then I think they're good tools. And in a way, Twitter as well, because mainly that's just funny stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a good one. But Instagram, I think it's toxic. I hate Instagram. I don't like it. If you're in a bad mood, don't go on Instagram because people don't post their real lives on there. They only mm. post on the good stuff. No one wants um, no one wants to post the bad stuff and expose themselves as having no. A bad day or having bad things going on it's it's like a, a perfect world that people are trying to create on there and it's all about mm. seeking approval and stuff and I, I don't like i don't like it yeah i mean i've found it's all to do with like like even if you like people want to show that i've got this like perfect life and all this sort of stuff and if you're just sat at, like i've been the last i don't know like week or so just been sat at home um not doing much and just like going on there and just looking looking at profiles and looking at how people are getting on and you just like fuck and then you just like start comparing. I mean it's not even it's not even like a conscious thing. You just start comparing yourself to other people and you just start feeling shit about it and you start feeling anxious about it. Yeah, I don't think it's a good one. Uh Facebook, I mean no one really posts on Facebook. Yeah, I barely use Facebook anyway, so that's not yeah. really a problem. And yeah, I agree. Like the me- with Alex, like the messenger stuff is good to like keep. Like the messenger apps are good to keep in contact. 
I'm not really a big fan of Twitter either because, like, as you said, Alex, there's a lot of funny stuff on there, but yeah. there's also a lot of toxicity towards people. Like, there's a lot of a lot of people just hide behind, like, it's just giving the people the excuse to just be, like, nasty to each other and just be, like, toxic towards each other. Like, if you see, like, I don't know, like, your favourite sports star's not been playing very well or what have you, and you're mad about it, you wouldn't... If he was, like, right next to you, you wouldn't go, you were shit today. How do you... You wouldn't go, you were absolute dog shit. You are, you are so bad. You should go... You should just quit right now. You wouldn't go that to the face, but, like, people seem more inclined to, like, if it was on Twitter, like tag them in a tweet and then just type all that shit out and then send it. I think the anonymity regarding it can be, I mean, it can be a good or a bad thing, anonymity with regards to freedom of speech generally. But I completely see your point on on Twitter. There's an awful lot of toxicity going on because you can just, you can call out people that you would never have access to. Yeah. Without consequence, because you're completely right. So I mean, I'm 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 a Leicester Tigers fan for rugby. So as as you boys both know, we, we were talking about Manu Tuilagi before we were recording on the podcast. He is, to put it clearly for people who don't know who he is, a, a fucking huge human being. Leicester haven't been playing very well the last couple of seasons. He's left us now, but I can't really? think there's nobody in Leicester who would have turned around to Manu Tuilagi in person and gone, "You're you were fucking shit today, Manu," because. He'd just have the ability to just end them. But on Twitter, like I've seen actually regarding Manu as well, he got a lot of shit for the way that he left the club, which ultimately was the club's fault in the first place anyway. But yeah. people still ignored that and just like, right, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go for you on a personal level. So I think you're quite right that the without consequence bit leads to certainly grey areas. Um I think one thing that I, I don't quite agree with, with you two on, or don't quite share your point of view, perhaps, is a better way of putting it, is I actually think Instagram's a really, really good app. And for me, it helps me in terms of my mental health. I actively see it help me out because I've tried to follow people whose content I actually give a shit about. And if you, once you consider a, like you say, Alex, you get somebody's perfect life. You get somebody posting photos of them at 100% with the best lighting that they can possibly get. Myself included, that, that's exactly what I put up. I don't put up photos of me when I've got like KFC stuck in between my teeth, lying on the sofa in my boxes watching England get battered at football. Like you put, you put up photos of you at your best. But once you, I feel like once you appreciate that that's what everyone is doing, if you surround yourself with content that has a positive message, that can almost create a positive echo chamber for you so if i feel a little bit overwhelmed sometimes one of the things i will do is I'll, I'll go on instagram for a bit because i can just i can just chill i can look through and like i've got a few meme pages i've got i've got my mates on my fitness account i've got people who predominantly not all but predominantly are producing content that i think oh yeah that's really sick i can appreciate something from that hmm. so Whereas I completely agree with you that it's a dangerous tool if you if you don't use it correctly. I think at the same time, you can use it as a real force for good in the same way that the connectivity that you're offered with Messenger, with WhatsApp, with Snapchat, you can get a good insight into positive attitudes and all that through using Instagram mm -hmm. as well. I use Reddit as my sort of go-to when I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by stuff. Mm. Because on Reddit, like... It is it is pretty much anonymous. Like I mean, you could make an account where you're where you put put your name or whatever. But I mean, most people have like um, have pseudonyms on there. A lot of people have more than one account. Yeah. Um And it's pretty like you don't even have to take part in the content. Like it's just all all interesting stuff that's there for you. And like you can read how someone like some horror story about some surgery gone wrong, or you can like. I don't know, like, have a look at some pictures or some funny videos or whatever. And, like, there are toxic corners of Reddit. Like, people people are knobs in the Reddit because it's it's all anonymous. But, I mean, if, you, if you're just on there looking at the content, then I find that just distracts me a lot. 
because it's not people it's not often people trying to be the best like it's not often mm. people's best sides i mean there is a bit of that but it's more it's more what it's more about creativity and um and like interesting content i think that's that's an interesting point though that with certain social medias they tend to drive different behaviors even though the principles more or less the same so you've got the anonymity in twitter and you've got the anonymity in reddit and like yourself i've seen some fair some fairly hanging stuff put up on reddit that is quite clearly so toxic mate i got this one i got this one video which i'm going to watch after the pod uh post on reddit's museum of filth looking for a video of some guy penetrating a woman anal while i still while a second dude eats her out, then first guy misses the hole and accidentally deep throats the second guy. <laughs> I've got a feeling that won't be making the cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! That's that, that that is a difficult wank. That's Patreon oh. Patreon um content. That when's when's the pod getting a an OnlyFans account? Safe for work, obviously. But when 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 um when we get enough listens, I guess when we get to a point where we're like, yeah, we can we can monetize. The listeners can chuck us some coin and we can give them some tasty content, I guess. If anyone wants to send us some uh, some fresh dollar or some yen. Email then... us. <laughs> Email us. <laughs> Actually, speak, speaking of currencies, while well, this is the only point in which this is going to be relatable to anything in the pub, I was going to send you this, lads, on the chat and I decided that I'd, I'd save it for the, for the actual pod. Somebody tweeted out, um, it's an old tweet, it's from a couple of years ago. They said, I still don't get Bitcoin. And the reply to it was, imagine if keeping your car idling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, produced solved Sudokus you could train for, you could trade for heroin. I don't really understand what Bitcoin is. I've got a mate who does cryptocurrency shit. Like, mm. um, but I haven't talked to him in a while, but I like when I when I was like living with him in New Zealand, I, I had no idea like what it was what all this cryptocurrency shit was all about. Like people can like mine stuff and like I don't get it. I have to mm. do some research afterwards. I think it's it's one of those really interesting areas for me because cryptocurrency as as an idea I quite like, but then at the same time I wouldn't want to invest in Bitcoin because there's so many like I don't know enough about it to avoid the scams that are mm. so obviously all out there. And I've heard loads and loads of stories of people who have bought Bitcoin when, when it had that initial surge and then it plateaued a bit and it went up a bit again. Mm. Loads of people bought then and then it went down in yeah. value really, really quickly. And then because it fluctuates, because it's, it's unstable. Yeah. Largely because mainstream currency still exists so there's a fairly major competitor there mm -hmm. but i i don't know it's one of those ones where i love the idea but don't have the bottle to get involved yeah it's a bit like the dark web like sounds safe enough to do and i've, I've looked into it but i don't know i don't think it's as like i think there's dark areas of the dark web but it's more like a lot of it's just more of just like a security I mean, that's why it's like, that's why you can like just go on and download like a dark web uh, browser. Like it's because it's also all security and like people, like the government, governments use like that sort of technology for like secure emails and stuff like that. I'm just looking at the plan that we, that we said that we wanted to talk about. And we've got through an awful lot of it already, which I think is great. The, the one thing that stands out that we've not got other than sources for seeking help is we've not spoken about medication. And I, I basically want, I wanted to get that involved in the conversation. We were talking about how mental health can be like just having a shit day and all this sort of stuff. This is more for like when you've been feeling crap for ages hmm. and you've like, there's it's starting to get feel a bit hopeless. And from the start, like anxiety, depression affect a lot of people. And even though they find they, they feel like quite different emotions. Um, I was watching something recently which said they were it was actually just the same it was actually just the same um it was the same thing, but the only di difference was the tense in which you felt the emotion so depression you're you're basically mourning the loss of something that's happened in the past mm. and whereas with anxiety you're mourning the loss of something that's going to happen in the future pretty much. 
Yeah. So it's like it's it's similar. Like they feel totally different. Like, I mean, I've had problems with my anxiety. I've had problems with the, my depression. Like, usually around about this time for maybe the past, I don't know, five years or so. I mean, it's been different things each time triggering it. And sometimes, like, even when I think everything's fine, it just comes back for a bit. And, I mean, depression feels, it just feels like, just like ultimately sad, just a bit empty, a bit numb. I mean, you don't even have to be like be crying or anything like that. It's just like feeling a bit meh, just be having quite a pessimistic outlook. And then anxiety is sort of like, heart racing all the time like i've had heart palpitations because of feeling like so anxious before mm-hmm. um like just being on edge all the time like recently i've been clamping my jaw really hard so i've been um quite stressed recently so my my jaw like i don't even realize i'm doing it but my jaw's been tight shut a lot of the time and i've like it's starting to like hurt my jaw maybe the past couple of weeks or month or so. Um, and it's, yeah, you're just always tense. And then that sets you up to be like, if you're feeling shit in yourself, it can often rub off on other people. Like if you're talking to someone and it's feeling shit. So, I mean, I've been taking medication for the past um, seven or eight months, maybe. Hmm. And uh i think like at the minute like at the start it really helped um there's a lot of pluses fours and against so i'm taking sertraline which only like 50 milligrams which is like one of the lowest doses i think like i've seen on on reddit people have been taking 100 milligrams 200 milligrams sort of stuff like that it's one of the most commonly prescribed uh, mental health drugs um in the us i think it's called zoloft um and a lot a lot of people are on it i mean it gets i mean i think there's a reference in the big short to someone being angry and they're like oh you haven't taken your zoloft today or something like that so i mean it's like quite quite a mainstream thing but it's quite hard it's a it does make you feel good it just like at the start it was quite tough because it takes like four week, four four to six weeks to get into your system. So as they're starting taking these pills, and some of the some of the um, some of the side effects can be quite horrific. Well, not they can be like really horrific. Um, I mean, I got off quite lightly. Like it says, you're not meant to. Well, I mean, it. I didn't find I didn't really have any problems with any sleeping. I did feel a bit like euphoric, which you're not meant to. I probably should have probably gone and seen a doctor about that because, like, you're not meant to feel like crazy euphoric on it. And then the longer term side effects were I, I mean, I put on a bit of weight. I don't know if, how much that is to do with the drug because I haven't been ex- exercising as much. And then I guess it can affect like your, um, your sexual performance as well a bit. Um, so I guess, like, just trying to like, think would i am i glad i started taking it yes i am because i was feeling I, I when i was feeling shit it helped me through and now i do feel i do feel a bit better than i than i think i would be if i was just like not taking anything but i don't see it as like a, a long-term solution i think it, i see it as like well for me anyway it's a short-term solution and also, the other thing, because it takes so long to get in your system, it also takes a while to get out your system, mm. and people can have some like pretty horrific re- withdrawals when you come off it as well. You can draw parallels again with physical health that there are a lot of people who take medication that they're on for life because they, yeah. they need it to correct chemical imbalances or to prevent certain things from happening or to help certain things happen or, or what have you. But then at the same time, you wouldn't want to be taking paracetamol every day of your life if you could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, want to, if you want to cure a headache or cure a problem that's going on, like if you take painkillers because you've broken your ankle, say, for example, that, that's something that you use until your body is able to fix the, the issues you've been having. 
at what point do you think okay these drugs are helping me or can i do it without the drugs yeah i guess i was a bit precautious like oh is it going to change the way i think but yeah because like sertraline is the ssri which is re- serotonin uh, something something serotonin reuptake inhibitor <laughs> it, i can't remember so basically i can't remember i can't remember but it's like i think it stops the uptake of serotonin i can't i can't remember it's something to do with serotonin and it it go it happens and then it leaves more yes so it leaves it leaves a a certain amount of serotonin in your body basically like it stops it being absorbed i think selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor i sort of wish i had done more research on it before i i decided to do it cuz i didn't know all about like coming off it I mean, I was quite precautious at the start, but I've done so much more research since. But I'm not saying I'm not saying like it's bad. I think you should just definitely do your research before you you do you like say that you're gonna go and do it because sometimes it could just feel like a sort of last a last resort, really. Like I tell you what, I think doctors do. I think they give them out far too willy nilly. Um, I was on sertraline for four months, and I was only on it for four months because I took myself off it. I got put on it when I shouldn't have been. I was having some issues and I was given, basically given an ultimatum. I went to the doctors. I told them I'm acting erratically to things, blah, 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 basically making it out that it was worse than it was just to show somebody that I was doing something about it. And they'll, doctors will buy pretty much whatever you tell them. They don't delve deep in, enough into it and they don't work through things. They just, they'll just give it you. And I was on it. I immediately started thinking I was feeling better, but that obviously wasn't the case because surgery takes about six months to get into your system properly and start actually being effective. It was more of a placebo effect on myself and the way in which the other person was reacting to situations, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so I quick, well, I didn't quickly realize this. I realized it after about three months and thought, well, it's not actually the drugs that make me feel better. It's just me and myself. So I took myself off it. Had no symptoms to it because I hadn't been on it long enough. Had no like withdrawals or anything. So I was quite lucky. But I think it's quite dangerous. If I hadn't realised and stayed on that for the six months, I could have quite easily have been suffering withdrawals from it and felt dependent on it when I never needed to be. You were convincing yourself that you needed to be on something. And so you ticked the boxes. I'm not saying that's in any way morally wrong because i think that that's that's how people react i think that's normal but what would you have in hindsight wanted the doctor to do mm. how would you have wanted that conversation to sort of lead into finding out whether you actually did need them more of a conversation than it was so i went in they go what's the matter you go oh, i think i've got anxiety i need to be on these You're like, all right well well why do you think that and then you just you simply just list off everything that you've read you say this, 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 and this, and they go, yeah, cool, we'll, we'll work you on this. I think anyone can list off symptoms. I think it's quite naive of doctors to think that people don't do that. Obviously, it was stupid of me to do that, but I was desperate to try and prove that I was doing something. I think it needs to be more they delve deeper and actually try and talk about these feelings and rationalise it with you, because if they'd had more of a conversation... Mm-hmm with me about it and said well why are you feeling this not what are you feeling but why are you feeling this have you explored other avenues such as this and this if they could just help you rationalize it rather than thinking how i don't know what i expect from them really but really what what you're highlighting is that it's almost because it's a stigmatized issue that it's not so openly talked about if somebody says this is what's going on people go oh right they they definitely must need help Tick, I want to help. And so, because the yeah. doctor just wants to look after your best interest, they go, right, okay, I'll help you. Yeah. But perhaps if, if not, not even looking at medical symptoms, perhaps you just needed at that time more of a discussion. I know we've said, we've already sort of prefaced everything we've said in this podcast by saying, don't listen to our advice necessarily. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I think you could listen to would be talk, talk to your mates, talk to your family, talk to whoever you need to talk to or whoever you can talk to. And just say how you're feeling. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of a lot of that stuff, like a lot of improvement comes from yourself, but that doesn't mean other people can help. Like, like having having been through those things, I feel like a lot the way the way I've like felt better is always come from myself wanting to get better. But in those like dark days, those dark days where you've got someone, if you have like someone else to talk to, it makes it so much better. Like, well, I mean, like stabilizers can't teach you to ride a bike but they can help you learn to do it yourself but that having other people around you can help you make the 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 improvements that you need to make yourself yeah definitely like just talking about it just trying i've like tried to be so open like how i'm feeling and stuff like that but yeah i feel like i still feel like a lot of it comes from within your want you need to want to get better you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink i like that I think one thing that I would like to say to the person suffering, reach out, but then the person who they've reached out to don't feel as though you have to shoulder all that as well. Not to make anyone feel guilty about reaching out, that's not what I'm saying, but I've been in situations where I've tried to help somebody out and then I've become obsessed with trying to help that person out. I think you have to ultimately feel happy with yourself before you can make others feel happy. If you need help, I'd say go to a doctor. Probably therapy is best way. If you feel like you really need help, medication might be the best route. But yeah, talk to someone who's more professional than us. We'll put some links in the bottom. At the bottom, there's a text line I used recently called Shout. And you can just text them and then they, they can talk you through stuff. So it's Shout, the number 85258. And their 24-hour mental health tech support, so you don't even have to talk to someone on the phone. And that's quite it's quite helpful. But I mean, I from my experience, it was good to have someone to talk to and maybe like have like a more professional sort of angle of what you're going through, and then like help them process your feelings. But I felt it was just a bit of short-term relief, you know. It's not like weekly therapy sessions or weekly counseling that I think might be quite beneficial. Well, I think that's probably the best thing that we can do out of this, that we can put, and we will in fact put some links to some various sources for helplines and whatnot in the, in the description. Uh, we'll put it on the Instagram when we actually release the pod. I guess coming back to that Russell Howard, he did that whole thing about people being a bit ashamed to go ask doctors about like their problems. Like that's their job. They they got into it because they want to help people. And like I've been, I don't want to. I don't know how many times, maybe three or four times, just because of that. Well, having had a fairly mature and I think productive chat over the last hour and a bit, obviously we've spoken about some quite deep stuff. It was a conversation that needed to happen. I certainly feel like I've I've got a better appreciation of some of the issues around it from having spoken properly about it with you guys. Thank you all for listening and stay safe out there.